All right, all right, check eight, check nine, check what time? Well, it's the kid of Miss Coffee Hour. With your host, me, Rob Cantrell, coming back for 190 episode. 190. I got some coffee. Got some weed. I got some cannabis. Yes, we're going to do it again, man. I am excited. I have some great coffee. I'm into this. This is my new... I mean, I never tried it, but I want to talk about it. But it's called Chalk Full of Nuts. Chalk Full of Nuts is like a famous New York... Like, this was like the Manhattan coffee of like the 70s and 60s. And um, this is just a... This is what they've been drinking in uh, New York City in like all the diners everywhere anywhere that's like a little above uh, regular regular since 1932 now over the years you know with coffee exploding and all like you know the coffee shops and all this but this was like kind of just like always like a just a it's a Manhattan coffee like New Yorkers drink chalk full of nuts like it's all over uh, Mel Brooks's book he talks about getting coffee at chalk full of nuts and drink at chalk full of nuts <laughs> coffee, which is funny. And New Yorkers are funny at the end of the day, man. And I have a, a bodega cup here, but it's made out of porcelain. And we are happy to serve you. What a great slogan that's on the side. It's all about service. And that's what I think this podcast is, is a service to you. I mean, you just you just download it. You just played it. You don't have to spend anything all you could at least just subscribe and tell your brother and sister and your mother and a friend that uh the cannabis coffee is a positive uh funny goofball uh voyage into outer space and we're going to talk about coffee and we're going to talk about good cannabis and i just think as society moves forward and as cannabis starts to open up um yeah and especially that i'm based here in new york city you know it's just like uh it really is just a high time for cannabis and coffee, you know, especially in New York. New York is going legal. I mean, the dispensaries, I think I told you on the last show, there's like underground ones. And then the ones that are kind of above the law are, uh, are um, you know, they're a, uh, what is it? Like a donation. Like you say you give a donation. But I've never seen any cops shake anybody down for weed anymore, which is brilliant. I think the mayor's down for it. But I don't think New Yorkers truly know what they're getting into sometimes. So I'm debating, you know, opening my own cannabis shop that would have coffee and whatnot. Um, I would have to raise some funds. But I got some people out there that might be they know that I know coffee and they know that I know weed. And I would sell some uh, some vinyl too, not new vinyl, but shit I found. And maybe some shirts. I do love that uh, thrift store aesthetic. Like, just finding hidden gems. You know, it's kind of like art. Like, you find something that's been forgotten. And every, you know, few years, it looks different. Everything looks different. Every moment is different. And everything has a different vibe and connotation. Things go up. Things go down. And around and around. Chalk full of nuts. Uh 
is the coffee that I'm drinking, and I have I'm I'm back on almond milk. I was going oat milk for a while, but now I'm back to almond milk. I like almond milk, and I did hear somebody, some old comedian, I forget, man, that was like, if you eat eight almonds a day, like you'll live a very long life or something. There's I guess there's some super nutrient in nuts. Um, so I've been doing almond milk and I always liked the taste of almond milk, but then it was kind of expensive. And then I switched over to oat milk. Then I was full on oat milk. And then I started, I liked how the almond milk kind of flavors the coffee. And I think I'm getting more nutrition out of the almond milk or, you know, protein. I don't know. Sometimes I think I overdo. I think we're all doing overdoing the wellness thing a little bit, but not really. I really just, you know, I do think uh, the body is a temple, if I'm not religious, but I do think if you treat it like that, you know, the temple's the temple, but that's just a building and brick and mortar. It's not you. You, you, you're the most motherfucker, most important um, to you and to all of us and uh, being in service to all of us and everybody helping each other out or not getting in each other way. Um, the cannabis that I'm smoking today is called gelato. Um, just drinking some uh, gelato is an Italian uh, higher-end coffee. No, uh, I mean ice cream. And I've had it. I like gelato. I'll have some gelato here and there. Um, they have it around here in New York. It's definitely still prevalent. I mean, it's prevalent everywhere. But here, you could still, you know... All the Italian immigrants, like, you could still, like, man, the best, you know, Italian restaurants and, um, you know, just the Italian heritage of, um, I think that's where the coffee got so good here. Um, and then I also think, you know, pizza and then all the great Italian restaurants and opera. <laughs> A lot of opera in New York. Uh, that's the next trend is opera. The hipsters are going to start rocking. Uh, chalk full of nuts. But I got the Wikipedia here. I have this. They have Jackie Robinson. You know, I'm not a sports dude, but much respect to Jackie Robinson, the, the first African-American player to go into uh, the American Baseball League. Well, they have something written here on the side. So let me let me let me just read it out. Because it's interesting. They do have Jackie Robinson's signature on the side. I think this is like a special blend. This is the medium roast. I like. I, I specifically sought out. They had all kinds of... I know they do a uh, instant, but this was just grounds. And the thing about the grounds is uh, it's easy with the Chemex. I mean, it's not as fresh as grinding your own beans and getting a fat bag of Stumptown or um, any of those, you know, uh, you know, small roasting joints. But no, this is like grocery store, that old school metal can. I kind of like, I always liked this can. Like this is what I would picture cannabis being good packaged in. Like just high end, um, high end like outdoor grown with love and not pesticides and not, you know, there's just some grimy shit out there. Once money gets involved, um, that's what I just see that there's, there's a market for like, just a more streamlined and better cannabis and not leaning in all the, you know, old school, just like, I don't know, uh, plastic bowls and, you know, just just like class. You want to class it up. And Chock Full of Nuts, as funny as the name is, 
Um, nuts, you know, it's just always funny. Um, as a comic, you know, testicles, balls, <laughs> or not, you know, uh, or just regular nuts, because I do love just cashews um, and it, all of it. Um, let's see here. Peanuts. I, I need to get a big bag. I need to get some more spicy peanuts. That's what I've been really missing. But Jackie Robinson. In 1947, Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier and became the first African-American to play professional baseball for the major leagues. He was named National League Rookie of the Year, Most Valuable Player, inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Beyond his achievements in sports, he was a champion for civil rights and a true humanitarian. I love it. Uh, Good people doing good stuff. Uh, Major League Baseball 2022 season marks the 75th anniversary of his his historic debut. Peace and love and much respect to Jackie Robinson. Um, but I'm not really into sports, but, you know, I, my heart goes out to all communities. And especially, I'm just done with racism. I just, I'm not done. I know we all got to deal with it all day, all day, and you got to figure it out. But I do want to live in the moment and treat people, you know, as, as much as I can keep my heart open and be nice in the moment, that's kind of where I'm at. But we got to respect the past or we don't figure out the future. But I don't know. I don't want to get too deep. I just wanted this was interesting. And the Jackie Robinson Foundation was founded in 1973 by Robinson's wife, Rachel Robinson, preserves his legacy through its scholarships, uh, college scholarship program. Nice online college success platform and the Jackie Robinson Museum in New York City. Chalk Full Nuts is a proud is proud to contribute to the foundation by donating a portion of the proceeds of this purchase. Damn, way to go, chalk full of nuts. Um that's good. Put some good out there. I can dig it. Um this is great. And interesting. Chalk check check out like their logo, their font. It's like it's so dope. It's like green and like, not green, but it's like plaid. I've never seen font like this. This is crazy font. This is like some graphic designer in 1932. Cause this is the type of shit. Like it's like, it's like Coca-Cola. Like they just don't change it. Um, you know, New Yorkers, like they just like, Hey man, this is the taste we love. This is it. But I remember just uh, eyeing this when I was just reading the Mel Brooks book and how much he loved it. And I always liked it. Like, they have had carts and they have stores. And it's kind of like almost Aunt Annie's or, like, you know, the pretzel place. Like, it's franchised out. And, you know, but uh, it's also pretty classic. And making it in the Chemex just, like, because it's pretty good ground. It's like Maxwell House, but much better. Like, it's dark, but not too dark. I don't know. It has a, just a good roast. Like, it's not a French roast. I would say it's like a medium roast, already ground, but a little, you know, just just enough to be like, ooh, this is good, with a little kick, but not enough kick. That You know, that's what Starbucks is. It's like so dark and then so much kick, and you're like, god damn, Starbucks, what are you doing to me? Burn my gut out. Um, Chock Full of Nuts is an American brand of coffee that originated from a chain of New York 
city coffee shops. Its unusual name derives from the 18 nut shops that founder William Black, uh, 1902 to 1983, pretty good long life right there, established under the banner in the city beginning in 1926. When the Great Depression struck, he converted them to lunch counters, serving a cup of coffee and a sandwich for five cents. That's what I'm talking about. Um, in time, the brand grew popular, being introduced to the consumer market through grocery stores starting in 1953. Today, it is owned by coffee giant Mamiso Zantiti Beverage Corp. Momoso, is a, it's a beverage corporation. I don't know. Um, the, I, with Wikipedia, I can go. It has the link. I bet that's fascinating, but we won't go there. I just want, and I know reading out loud from my stone coffee ass um, might not be the best, but this shit's interesting. Um, let me have some of this gelato, and then I'll read the history of chock full of nuts. Because it is a good coffee. I recommend if you're out of town, this this might be a fun coffee to get. If you're kind of sick of your coffee, <clears throat> mix it up with this boy, bad boy. It's like drinking, you know, New York. There's definitely, I feel like some type of Manhattan thing going on, more 80s type of thing. Like I am have this bodega to cup, and I'm hailing a yellow cab, and I got a switchblade in my back pocket. And I'm going to a Broadway show for protection. Not to use on anybody, but for protection. Uh, I don't carry a switchblade. Uh, I, I was good at with a butterfly knife when I was young. <laughs> I got into, I had, you know, you go to the carnival, you can get ninja stars, you can get butterfly knives, you can get the roach clip with the fucking uh, feather on it. That was the type of kid I was. I remember going to the carnival in Virginia and they had like those mirrors. There were these tiny mirrors, like Motley Crue. That was like the coolest thing. Kids would get that. I wouldn't get it. I wasn't in Motley Crue, but they were literally just Coke mirrors. <laughs> Everything was like little Coke mirrors and roach clips. Dude, as crazy everything is going on now, it's like it's always been crazy. I think just with the internet, like it just shows it more. Which is good because we can analyze it in real time and be like, oh, that shit's crazy. Um, okay, that's some nice gelato. I got a cup of coffee. Let's read what the history of this bad boy is all about. Chalk full of nuts. The chain was founded by William Black, who sold nuts in Times Squares to theater goers. In 1926, he opened a store on Broadway and 43rd Street. I used to play there a lot. Shout out to Caroline's. Uh, that's probably the first comedy club I ever played. I opened for Jay Moore and Burt Kreischer back then. Uh, that was the first time I did that gig. Or that... That I was on... The, I remember I went there to see Bobby Slayton when I just moved. I tried to move to New York like twice and I didn't make it. <laughs> and I would I would go either go back to D.C. and San Francisco. And then after la when I got a TV credit is what kind of when I figured my way in. Um, so 
let me get back to this history of the chock full of nuts because it, it was fascinating. Um, so when the Depression settled in, New Yorkers could no longer afford the luxury of shelled nuts. So um, William Black converted his shop into lunch counters selling coffee and sandwiches. So he started out like outside of Broadway selling because because the theater goers Broadway, I know it sounds like douchey if you're not into that type of stuff, but I have gone to a couple shows and it is a thing. I mean, it is pretty awesome. First of all, physically, the theaters are like dope. Um, I like theaters. I've, I've played some great theaters. I've played the Beacon with Tracy Moore. Jesus, Rob, quit fucking dropping names. Uh, but I've, I've Town Hall with Mitch Hedberg. There's another name drop. Just to put it out there in the universe in case people want to check my uh, credentials for performing in theaters. Um, you know, I, I haven't, I've headlined a couple theaters in my day um, and comedy clubs. Um, but I also have played a lot of them. Um, but the Broadway ones are just like another level. And they're usually like cool and set up nice and clean and classic. A lot of wood, cool stages, uh, balconies. Love them. Big fan of theaters. Um, so their signature nutted cheese sandwich. Oh, Lord. Uh, give me one of those nutted cheese sandwich. Some cheesy nuts um, made of cream cheese and chopped nuts on dark raisin bread. God damn, that is good. And cost of a nickel with a cup of coffee. That is like if you're jonesing for a nice, sweet, savory snack in the morning on a cold New York morning. Um, first of all, uh, raisin bread is awesome. Big fan of cinnamon. You toast that bad boy, then you hit it with the cream cheese, which is like easier to digest than regular cheese. That's the thing. Cream cheese is soft, baby. And you want to put stuff that, that's why I like smoothies. I like soft stuff going into my stomach so I don't have to break everything down for five hours. And nuts is just full of, I, I yeah, I can't get enough of nuts. Um, I got some cashews in the back. I got some pumpkin seeds. You don't even know, kid. Um, so this cost of a nickel with a cup of coffee when the company was founded. When coffee prices went up in the 1950s, um, William Black, like other restaurant restaurateurs, held to a five-cent cup of coffee by watering it down. Wow. See, that coffee was always strong, but then it went into diner formation. Like, even when I was coming up in the 70s and 80s, like, you go to a diner... And the cheapest thing was a cup of coffee, and it was like 35 cents. And this is when everything was, you know, a dollar. I mean, we're talking, you know, E.T. and shit was on uh, at the movie theater and stuff. And uh, but you could still get like coffee was like I remember maybe got up to a dollar and a quarter, maybe when Starbucks and shit got around and started charging like nine dollars for coffee. But they water it down. That makes sense. I water down my coffee. Uh, if it's too strong or it, let's make a, uh, make it last longer in the afternoon and I have a little bit of coffee. And then I'll just put some tap water in there, you know, just to get it running. Because you just want the ca caffeine and a little bit of a, you know, whatever. A taste there is always nice as well. Um, 
but he soon broke rank and raised his price, announcing that he refused to compromise on quality. That's true. Like, it's quality coffee. In 1953, the coffee brand was introduced to supermarkets. Several years later, Jackie Robinson became the company's vice president and director of personnel after retiring from the game. In 1961, Chalk Full of Nuts introduced a brand of instant coffee. Within the decade, the chain had approximately 80 restaurants in New York City area. Hygiene was a selling point, with the sandwich advertised as untouched by human hands. Cooks used tongs to assemble them. Oh, I love that. You know, people have greasy hands. My hands are greasy. I'm always biting my nails, scratching my balls. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, scratching where this, you know, it's just like, not always, but I wash my hands a lot. And COVID definitely got me going on a lot of hand sanitizer. But people are gnarly. Um, and, uh, and then bread, like, picks up that stuff. So I like the idea of uh, someone putting together my sandwich with tongs. That's the thing about the hamburger joints, like the spatula, you could just, fluff, fluff, fluff. you don't really have to touch it with your hands. Once you start making sandwiches is when you got to manhandle stuff. Um, you got to get your hand, the subway, you got to get your hands all in there and they're slapping and they're like, man. Um, and he's swiping his nose and who knows. 1974, Chock Full of Nuts purchased by Rhine Gold Brewery. Now, I've had some Rhine Gold beers. It's uh, it's got a little bit around the bush light uh, tier, Rheingold. Um, in nineteen in in the 1970s, seventies, the lunch counters gradually closed, and William Black died. The company sold its remaining seventeen restaurants to the restaurant company Reese Brothers. In nineteen eighty eight, okay, so it just got moved around. I don't want to bore you with all of that. Um, There was something included. Oh, there's some Brook in September 10th, 1910. I mean, 2010. So up to date here. Let's read that. The company announced it was returning to the lunch counter business by opening its first store in 30 years on West 23rd Street between Broadway and 6th Avenue in Manhattan. The company said it planned to add stores and kiosks in New York City serving the nutted cheese sandwich and other traditional chock full of nuts menu items. I've been there. They got some good stuff. Plus, new choices. The youngest franchise owner in years after the comeback was Corey Torsion of Staten Island, New York, who opened a chock full of nuts franchise. At the age 19, with money he had earned from his news newspaper route, the 23rd uh, street store closed in 2012 as of 2019 six stores branded as chock full enough cafe were in operation including two in brooklyn and one in each of elizabeth and fort lee new jersey middleton new york and miami florida all right all right i mean that wouldn't be bad but uh their thing the Heavenly Coffee, Chock Full of Nuts, that's their tagline. Chock Full of Nuts advertising jingle was based on the song The Heavenly Feeling, written by uh, Bernie Wayne and Bill Serbert. 
uh, sung by the company's founder, William Black's wife. Oh, my God. Chalk. Okay, here's the jingle. Get ready. Uh, you're going to hear me sing a little bit. Mm. Chalk full of nuts is that heavenly coffee. Heavenly coffee. Heavenly coffee. Chalk full of nuts is that heavenly coffee. Better coffee Rockefeller's money can't buy. I don't even know. The company was compelled to alter the lyrics Rockefeller's money to millionaire's money. After being sued by the New York governor, William Nelson Rockefeller, who owned coffee interests in Latin America. Uh, so, I, yeah, I guess they're saying, like, pretty much the idea is, like, this is, Chuck Full of Nuts is a great brand, great story. It is a higher tier, but, like, good quality at a fair price. And that's what people need. That's what America needs. That's what cannabis needs. You know, the prices around cannabis in New York have been ranging all over the place. But I tell you, this place called the Grassy Knoll in um, um, Bushwick, I don't know. They're kind of a little bit underground. But they, I had one of their uh, spliffs, and it was one of the best spliffs that I've had in a very long time. Um, so shout out to them. I'm just saying, um, I think that was some of the best herb in Brooklyn um, right there. So if you want to find it, if you're, uh, you know, that's where it is. Um, but there's all kinds of spots opening up. And it's all kind of gray area. But I'll have some people on this podcast. Like, I know some cannabis lawyers. We'll start going to that. But I also, um, and then cannabis lawyers, just to hear them talk about, you know, um, the laws and how they're changing. And then also... Um, um, check out some of these hemp stores and like there's all these you know CBD stores but as soon as they go legal it's going to go flip right into regular stores people get ready and uh yeah but who knows everything's up in the air a little bit i think a lot of it's like control like not control but control of yourself because the times are so hectic and wild a little bit that's just on my front maybe i'm watching too much news maybe it's my career maybe it's my life maybe it's the city but yeah i was driving around i couldn't find parking for like two hours i had to go to the grocery store and i got angry man i got so fucking angry and it bummed me out i couldn't I, you know i'm not angry just like going back to that fuck you know, just yelling, you know, I would just yell fuck, you know, which I do. I don't know. There's some type of, I mean, my windows are rolled up. Nobody's in the car. I'm just jamming to music, but it wasn't like, oh, I'm driving around, but it was like a good hour and a half, literally 90 minutes of driving around. Look, so it bummed me out that I couldn't zen it out that, that it got me so upset because it's still a beautiful day and I still got herb to smoke and, you know, I was not high. Um, um, but it all worked out. Um, um, but now, you know, now I'm back and uh, figuring it out and do, um, doing some shows. But I also got to knock out some family business um, the next couple weeks. But October is shaping up 
Um, I do have some fun shows in Bushwick and Brooklyn, but I'll definitely get out there. I put the word out to D.C., and I may be popping up down there very soon um, for shows. So I'll have that. You can check out Rob Cantrell, my calendar for that, for those gigs. Um, but I, I was going to start – I started doing more sets, but then I was like, oh, yeah, COVID might be over. But then I did hear – you know, I'm just putting the word out on the street, but a couple people got – um COVID again and then I was like ah maybe it's time to duck out and keep writing um it's just the discipline of writing I gotta get on just juggling everything and then also the procrastination of just talking about it sometimes is this podcast making me procrastinate uh I don't think so um it definitely keeps me in check um and trying to uh stay you know, I just, I, I do love doing this podcast. Um, and I love hearing from you guys. Uh, please uh, check out and subscribe to the YouTube page, the Cannabis Coffee Hour YouTube page. That can't be too hard to find. Just subscribe to it. Um, and it would mean a lot. And uh, I'm finishing this cup of coffee. I enjoyed it so much. Um, it's awesome. It's a beautiful day out, but it's still September. And yeah, it's that, you know, I'm, yeah, I don't know if I want to talk about September 11th, but uh, uh, yeah, it's just a, that's a huge bummer. Um, but I have such respect for it. And for, I, I love firemen. Like I've said before, I'm down for the people, man. I like firemen, I like policemen, I like teachers. I like uh, people that work at stores and bars and uh, comedians and comedy clubs and people that play in bands and venue owners and record store owners and just everybody. Um, I'm just a big fan of that. Uh, everyday people. And uh, by Sly and the Family Stones. Uh, Sly and the Family Stones, I mean, that dude, in terms of creativity, I mean... He hit a bar in music that uh, very few have gotten to, you know. I I do go back to that idea of self-discovery versus uh, self-destruction because his story's sad too, man. It's, uh, it doesn't, I, he may be still alive, um, but I, but I know mental illness really got, to him and there was a lot of hard drugs it was just really probably hard to go through being fame and then also being a creative in the 70s and 80s i don't think it's ever easy but that was when a big just like cocaine explosion happened but now the kids are dealing with fentanyl and all of that you know which is even more dangerous um so it's always been crazy the alligators have always been biting. We've always been dancing on sabers. Uh, let's see here. Um, but yeah, but the terms of the music, Sly and the Family Stone was a sound of unity, of fun, of funk, of self-discovery, of peace and love, and super joy, you know? That's the thing about that funk groove is um, it's joy. You know, it's just like, it's a bright, bright joy. And, you know, sometimes it could be corny and dated, 
But sometimes if it hits, everything's timing, you know, if it hits just right, it's, you know, when somebody steps into that groove and you haven't heard that groove, you're just like, oh man, at least that's where I am. I mean, that's kind of where a lot of those uh, hip hop beats that hit me is that funk groove, you know, a lot of the bass, a lot of the low end, um, but then the electronic, I do dig the futureness of uh, the beats, but I also like organic beats, and I also like vegetarian beats, and uh, yeah, man. But uh, yeah, what was it? Oh, about funk and about hip hop, and uh, yeah, I, that's what I dug. Oh yeah, the machine, like uh, some beats machines, the eight oh eight. Um, but I also this new stuff. Like, I just got hip to the Migos. Like, I've not just got hip. Like, I've always, over the years, I've kept my peripheral ear to the Migos. And I, you know, as much as my generation hates on, like, the trap rap and all that, like, I am from the South, so I do understand how cool um, their vibe is. Uh, and then I also, and they go, and uh, the beats are fucking great. That's one thing. And then... um like uh, Fight Night, which is uh, just a pump-up song. And it's the lyrics are uh, not great in terms, but it is funky and sounds amazing. So I was listening to that, and, I, and a lot of it's just like super fun. I hate the guns and all that, but I like the fun, youthful part. And that's kind of the pocket. It's just when you're having fun doing what you like, and, and I think it comes through. And I want to just kind of come with that vibe with everything I'm doing, you know? If it ain't fun, then why am I doing it? And I, this podcast is fun. You know, I get to drink coffee, and I get to hear myself talk, and I get to rap out. And I do learn, and I listen back. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Am I rambling too fast? Am I sounding like a crazy person? But it isn't, you know, it's not the easiest thing to sit here and talk <laughs> for an hour straight huffing down herb you try you think it's easy it might be uh but you want to make it entertaining and it um but sometimes uh just a peace vibe is entertaining a breeze is entertaining simple joy that's what i like simple joys uh power love and cheap thrills um cheap thrills man that's a great janice joplin album great and Cheap Thrills, I mean, the cover alone, dude. Janis Joplin is super, super heavy um, as an artist and a musician and a pioneer and a wild woman. Uh, that, wow, that is just as crazy as Jimi Hendrix, the personality. Uh, because she was, like, from Texas and then went to San Francisco. Was in that scene, I think she just, as a singer, she blew them all away. And, you know, she definitely had this, the South has soul, you know, it's just like, I don't know. And she just had that, uh, knew how to sing. I think it comes from the Baptist church and the Methodist church and singing in church. Um, but she had that. And, uh, what's crazy is she dated Pigpen from the Grateful Dead and he was this blues dude that used to like rap and pump up the band, but then he died from a liver from cirrhosis of the liver. They were both hard drinkers. 
booze is fun when you're into it, but it, if you have the wrong type of personality and, you know, my whole thing was it, I, it wasn't sustainable for me. I got to work unsustainable. The hangovers were just getting too long, beat up. Um, and then I just got so much on my plate. Um, and cannabis, I do get enjoyment out of, you know. But I don't, I'm not faulting anybody. If you get enjoyment out of it and it's, you know, not doing anybody harm, um, then that's on you. Uh, but I definitely been listening to, yeah, I've been listening to that stick figure song that I was telling you about. And then I was listening to the Migos a lot. And then I've been doing my stretches, my five Tibetan rites, uh, these Tibetan stretches. Um, I saw this thing on old monk from Tibet, like a old they just found a 200-year-old. Was that real? Old Tibetan monk. Yeah, it was old. Discover old Tibetan monk's popular TikTok. Oldest Tibetan monk. World oldest Tibetan monk. Oldest man on the planet. 109 years old? I mean, that's old. I thought he was 200 years old, somebody said. 109 years old. Um, wow. But the thing about it is, is like, I don't want to look on TikTok. TikTok kind of freaks me out. But it's crazy that they got Tibetan monks on here. Okay, I'll click on it. What's this all about? Whoa, whoa. I don't know if I have the rights for that. So I got to, I got to, you guys go check that out and tell me about it. But that music kind of scared me. So I'm going to back out. I'm backing out. Uh, But I have been doing my stretches. Uh, I did. The thing it is, is uh, Tibet was a country of super pacifists and, or it is, or, you know, it's just like, uh, I do think in terms of meditation, in terms of turning towards peace, uh, peace of mind, it's internal, you know. And I think they just were on the gig. And I think every culture has something to offer, you know. Every culture has uh, has something that we that everybody can benefit from. We all do, you know, serving each other, serving uh, others. Um and by doing that, you create karma that will, can pick you up and lift you on to your next adventure. Is kind of, kind of where I'm get, heading to. Um, and that's why I love uh, doing this podcast. I'm serving, I'm serving myself, but I'm also, you know, you guys are hanging out, drinking some coffee, smoking with me soon. Um, the pod, the podcast is just growing, and I just still think it's only. A matter of a time that it's going to get a major budget and all that. Um, so I just uh, am going to keep on packing fat green bowls and uh, talking about music and uh, love and meditation and uh, good coffee, 
good times. I have been doing some more auditions, so I have. You might see me in some acting shit. But um, I'm getting a little bit better at it each time. Everything I do, you know, you learn from and you're like, huh. You know, that. check out my uh, music album. That was a, you know, a goal. I knew it wasn't going to be perfect, but I had all these songs laying around. And I knew I packaged it and it was during the pandemic. Um, so I just wanted to do two new songs. So I did that. And I never have done all the production myself. And I did all the production myself and use Fiverr for the super mixes. And, you know, it's uh, definitely as DIY as possible. Support that project that's out there. The Caffeinated Dope Rhymes. It's on Spotify. My stand-up album isn't on Spotify. It really bums me out. Um, my label, 800 Pound Gorillas, in this tug-of-war with them right now. And I'm in stuck in the middle. Um, because I would like my stand-up on Spotify, because I use Spotify. I know other people use Spotify. Should I not use Spotify? I don't know. That's what I love about this podcast, because I'm listening to stuff out there, and I'm like, I don't know. There's not much good stuff out there. This is, this is a lot more entertaining than that. But I shouldn't judge, and I shouldn't compare myself to anybody or anything. But we do. But it's about moving on from that, you know. That is from an ego aspect. And it's just hard. It's hard to get out of it. But you can. And you will. Because you have to. Because that's the way for sustainability. Like, I think a lot of these big rock stars that die from either drug use or, you know, just uh, manic craziness uh because the fame and all that is that they you know you start to live from your ego and push from your ego so much in show business because it's all about you 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 but really you're serving all these people by making them happy but i think in order to sustain that you gotta fucking come down to earth and drink some chock full of nuts <laughs> um but I am excited as crazy as the future seems. I'm excited about it. Um, I'm excited about learning, you know, to slow down in the future and to discuss things. I think with all these podcasts and Internet, just everything gets thoroughly examined from every angle. And or you don't even have to participate. I've been seeing a lot of people not doing Instagram and Twitter like I do think there's a health. I, I'm on there. You can check me out at, at robcantrell.com on Twitter or rob88cantrell on IG. Uh, but I'm on there. But I'm not the greatest at it, and it and it gives and it at times gives me anxiety. I think we're all learning about it and how to use it properly. Um, but I do think as a performer, and if you're doing live gigs, it's just a great um, cheap PR. You know, so I try to keep it simple and um, but also don't want to be boring um, if you're in the entertainment business. <laughs> uh, Got to have a little fun, right? Because it is, a, you know, I think life wants you to have fun. 
you know, especially after this pandemic, I think, you know, dance more, harder, bigger, make louder, cooler music, have fun, go to comedy shows, laughing. I think laughing is, you know, uh, it's important. They say it's like eight times a day. Like it definitely brings down your blood pressure. It's healthy to laugh. Another reason why cannabis, because not everybody's funny. So, but everything kind of gets funny if you smoke enough weed, uh, especially this podcast. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Laughing is, uh, yeah, good for your soul, good for your mind, good for your body. That's what they say. It's just like, it's great for you. We should encourage laughter and taking things lightheartedly, you know. You know, humor is a self-defense mechanism, and you use it during weird, funky-ass, awkward times. So, yeah, goof it up. Goof it up. Uh, they should just have... Uh, need to have more tickle feathers around emergency tickle feathers i was thinking about like you know everybody's talking this world war three shit and i'm just like they should have a big man we should have a breakdance war we should have challenged to the whole world <laughs> america would i don't know would we win the breakdance war there's so many great dancers out there and breakdancing already a lot of it comes from brazil and south america and africa you know, America's just a big mutt, you know? We're a mutt. We're like that shaggy dog that's like eating its hind leg, and but it's charming and weird and fun. We're a little bit of everything, and that's what made breakdancing. That's what made Chalk Full of Nuts. That's what made New York. A bunch of funky-ass weirdos. Uh, not to get too political or rah-rah country type shit. A lot of rah-rah, <laughs> a lot of rah-rah everything right now. But even, like, is it? Or is it just me looking at the computer thinking that or seeing it out there? But if I go into a field and meditate like that 200-year-old uh, Tibetan monk, man, none of that is going around. All I'm hearing is, like, that ant crawling around my foot and my heartbeat and my breath, you know? That's the only truth in that moment go internal everything is internal like that that's what i'm trying that's like when it gets buck when it gets crazy you know you got to go internal and check the temperature and then you know the cooler the better that's why being cool everybody's not into being cool but being cool is the best because uh you lower your your your, your blood pressure and you uh you become the observer to watch it unfold instead of trying to get your you know trying to make and manipulate the situation you like watch it unfold that's the that's always the the, the times when i when i haven't looked for it is the time you know you'll find love when you're not looking for it uh i hope you find love or be in love or this moment is love i love you if that helps uh the universe loves you the earth loves you give it away give it give it away shout out to uh flea and that other dude uh anthony and uh peace love uh be nice to your mom or not i don't know figure it out i love you peace